You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, the playoffs are kicking off in the NBA, and DraftKings has an awesome promotion going on. Every day of the NBA playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part is, it's totally free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every single day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at twenty grand in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. You just download the app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at 20 grand in total prizes every day of the NBA playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That promo code is THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. See DraftKings.com for details. Considering the rival they are. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. Cut to the point, Logan. Stanley lets it go. And was that it? Connor to goal. Winnipeg scored a goal at 10:46. An absolute cannon goes off the blocker. The Winnipeg Jets take game one. Andrew Kopp to Stastny. Stastny. A shot and they score! Paul Stastny! Jets take a commanding two to nothing series lead. Games now. Morrissey takes a look, shoots, scores. Tie game. Josh Morrissey. It's four, four. Tremendous performance at the same time. Here's a shot and they score. the Winnipeg Jets down by three in the third period. They storm back with three goals in just over three minutes. Knocked it off for Ethan Bear. Dangerous pass. Intercepted. Blake Wheeler makes moves. Kyle Connor Shifley scores! Tie game! 3-3 in the third. Shifley with his second of the night. Over two periods and he poke checks Wheeler driving to the net. And now... Golden opportunity, Kyle Connor shoots, and he scores! Kyle Connor! Triple overtime series winner! Can you believe it? Bring out the brooms! The Jets have swept the Oilers! 
to the Oilers Suck Podcast. 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 Are you pumped up or what? Did that give you something to cheer about or what? I think I was more excited than I had been all season long. I That was the most, that comeback game, because, I mean, I was excited when last night when the sweep was complete, but it was like 2 in the morning. I was dead tired. I have not been more excited probably since Andrew Mangiapane scored a goal in game one of the Colorado Avalanche series than when the Winnipeg Jets completed the comeback in game three. Dude, they scored three goals in like three minutes. That was... That was the most, it's like, dude, just when you think the Oilers cannot top themselves, you think, okay, they lost to the goddamn Blackhawks in the qualifying right. round last year. They come out and get swept by the Jets. Swept by the Jets. Connor the Jets. McDavid puts up like a, un, like a record-setting season. Un. Believable season swept, done, gone. As many playoff wins as the Calgary Flames. In fact, the Flames have more playoff wins over the last three years because the Oilers didn't even make it last year nor the year before. <laughs> it's so awesome. I can't even tell you Fuck, man. how happy I am today. Okay. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you already know how we feel about the subject. But then you also know that this was really completely unexpected. Completely unexpected. Dude, I was bracing myself for an Oilers run to the conference finals. All I was here, my, okay. I don't know what I was expecting. All I knew was that there was no way I, they were getting to the, to the, uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. I knew that they were not going to make it out of the West. I doubted they were going to make it past the Leafs. I thought they were going to be the Jets. I really did. However, I, I, I did. I believed that the Jets could do it. I just didn't think the Jets could sweep them four games to nothing, <laughs> dude. And are you me, kidding? How many goals? Connor had one goal. All right, we threw this on the timeline today because this is fucking hilarious. Because <laughs> I remember thumbing through articles before this. It was on the NHL website, front and center. Because this is while we were still playing our final games and the others hadn't played yet. McDavid enters playoffs confident that the Oilers are going to challenge for a cup. What's, what's the date on that? May 18th. <laughs> Seven days ago, <laughs> literally seven days ago, Connor McDavid was confident the Oilers were going to challenge for the Stanley Cup. Okay, we're not talking a cup. We're not talking about the the World Cup. The Stanley fucking Cup. He was confident they were going to challenge for that shit. Oilers Nation. Was confident. Were they not? Fuck, were they confident? They were so cocky and confident. Mike Smith should be in the Vesna conversation. To, You'll see. Trying to rub it in our faces all season fucking long. And if anybody that listens to this spends any time on social media, you know what we're talking about. I love how there's some fans. Obviously, this doesn't happen to everybody. They don't have to deal with fucking Oilers fans all season long because there's some fans. 
fans feeling sorry dude. for Mike Smith. Dude, and Connor. And, well, no one said dry saddle, but he's probably the worst out of the three. Listen. My I, hate level probably goes number one. No, I don't know. Mike Smith, number one, after that comment he made. Then dry saddles right up there with him. Then McDavid because of his stupid face. Listen, McDavid just has a stupid face. You got to respect the guy's skill. Leon, like, again, after game three, they were up at the podium and McDavid yeah. saying all the bullshit. Drysaddle looks like he's a bad teenager with a bad attitude. He's like 15 years old. His hood is up. He's all sulky and pouty. Dude is a straight up bitch. I can't stand that guy. Hey, what do you want me to say? Uh, you want me to uh, say? He's trying to go home. Uh, uh. Uh. There's a reason his nickname is Crysidal. It's probably the most apt nickname in the league. Like, Crysidal and what are we calling McDavid now? McZitface? What did you call him? Neckbeard, <laughs> Neckbeard McZitface or something? That was good. Dude, I don't know. It's funny. Like, I don't know if you saw this on Instagram, but on Twitter... Uh, this was going or is making its rounds. Somebody, I, I don't remember who it was, has been keeping a long list of Mick, whatever, Mick Lazy, Mick Daisy, uh, Mick, what, like, I don't think Mick Zitface and Mick Netbeard made the list, but <laughs> they, they should be on there. Obviously, they're not listeners. <laughs> Fuck. Mick well, regular anyways, season. Here's, here's uh, part two of, of the NHL timeline for McDavid going from challenging to a cup three days later may 21st mcdavid without a point against the Oilers' loss to jets in game two is that two games without a point did he have a point in the first game in so to keep track in three days you go from challenging to for a stanley cup to pointless through two games and you're down 2-0 and here's the kicker as of this morning 7 34 a.m Picture of McDavid's stupid face. Oilers in shock, disbelief after sweep by Jets in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, you saw everybody throwing out these stats. It's like, okay, during the NHL playoffs this year, we had more wins, right? We had played just about as many games. We were in the playoffs, but we still have more wins. Like, <laughs> I, I, threw, I made that Wayne's World thing, right? Where it's just like, Game on! Game on! It's it's the 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 Canucks and the the Flames while the NHL playoffs is going on, and then Stacy. Oh, ten o'clock! Alert! Look out! Here she comes! There's the Oilers! Bang! Right into a car! Bang! <laughs> Collapse! Bang! Garbage! I can't believe it! It's unbelievable! It is so fantastically great. The Flames still have more playoff wins in Rogers' place than the Edmonton Oilers do. Still, after two seasons. <laughs> and they didn't even play in the playoffs. <laughs> it's just, it's literally like, I know it sounds like we're hamming it up, but it's like, even in my wildest dreams, I didn't think the Oilers would, would be on brand this hard. Like I what said, did- it's the most Oilersy thing I have ever heard in my life it's truly remarkable wayne gretzky leaves the organization today (laughs) (laughs) wayne gretzky leaves the organ he's just like fuck this i'm out of here fuck it i'm fucking done (laughs) 
Oh, oh would you God. say? Oh, would you say you know it's bad when the great one leaves? Like fuck, dude. Like oh man, you know it's bad when the best player of all time is just like holy fuck, get me out of here. I'm gonna go be on broadcast television. Oh my god, dude, that was okay. What what did, what was the best part of the last season? Did did you enjoy the the beating the Jets in the in the qualifying round more than watching the Oilers lose to the Blackhawks? Mm. It's pretty even, right? It's quite even. Like it, it was very satisfying watching that the, the clock tick down and watching the Oilers lose to the Blackhawks again. Do you know how bad the Blackhawks are? They're terrible. Like for me last season, it was pretty on par. I mean, yeah, it was excellent watching them, but yeah, I also enjoyed watching the 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 Flames actually make the playoffs. But this season, this was the best thing I've seen all season. Dude, Literally, this, this almost makes up for all the absolute shit we've been through this season with the Calgary Flames. And it's funny, oh, not not only the Calgary Flames, but the fucking the world, the league, the Oilers fans. For the past two seasons, six days. They went from being Stanley Cup contenders to six days being left like, now what the fuck? What are they going to do? I mean, okay, let's let's try and break this down because we were just talking about this. Why? How? How do they get swept in four games? Dude, we... I'm not saying we would have beat the Jets. We could have beat the Jets. We could have beat the Jets. We could have beat, yeah. We for sure would have made it a six, seven games. I'm not saying that we're, like, if we're playing the way we are now, yeah, we are at least winning two of those games. We're pushing at least a long series. We could have beat them. I don't understand how they didn't win one game. I guess you got three, three overtimes. Do you want to know how they didn't win one game? Literally, you look at the stats, the Oilers dominated five on five. It came down to goaltending. Hellebuck was yeah. great. Smith yeah. wasn't. That's the yeah. series. That's four good. games. That's why. Good, good point. <laughs> like, that's it. That's it. And a lot of people don't even see it. A lot of Flames fans, a lot of Oilers fans, you can't blame Mike Smith. The guy was incredible. He was the only reason why they were in it. Like, uh, he was- no, take a look at the advanced stats. He was doing what he did for us for years, Ma- like making saves that were are easy saves for like a guy like Hellebuck look difficult, you know, where he's like spazzing out and like 90% of those shots he faced in the game last night, even in overtime and even the game before were so far out and like clear looks and routine saves for other goalies that he's like just flopping around and they're hitting them all over the place. Like he, I don't want to say he was terrible, but he is the co- Hellebuck, Playing great and Smith not playing great is the number one reason the Oilers lost this series in four games. That and the fact that playoffs is a different beast. And when you have how many games single handedly did Connor McDavid win for the Oilers this season? You can chalk Dry Settle into that conversation. Dry Settle had a tough series, man. <laughs> um, sure, McDavid had a tough series, but Dry Settle, I thought. I don't know. Was it the last game? Three overtimes? He had like how many one-time opportunities were in the past? It's just like, those are all goals. I don't even hit the fucking net. It makes me so happy to see Leon not get... It's like, it's kind of like, okay, I'm being a bit petty here. No, I'm not. It's it's kind of like watching the spoiled rich kid in school who, you know, oh, dude, gets everything he wants handed to him all the time. 
And it's like, finally, he's in the real world. <laughs> and he totally. struggles so hard that he can't even compete in normal society. That's, that's what it's like. Like you these know, bratty it, little shit kids who have had yeah. everything, ha- everything comes easy to them. And then the real world hits and they don't know what to do. <laughs> and then there's guys, I guess, don't have enough decency to feel sorry for them in any fucking situation. Fuck dude, them. Dude, if you are a Flames fan and you're honestly feeling sorry for Connor McDavid and like, because I keep seeing this free McDavid, free McDavid, check yourself, bro. I think a lot of people are saying that just to troll, but yeah. I hope so. I don't like, feel bad for him. He signed there. He made his bed to be a disgusting Edmonton Oiler. <laughs> he doesn't deserve our sympathies. And there's some people feeling sorry for Smith. Oh, give me a fucking break. You're not watching the comments, this guy? He fucking hates our team. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, the amount of hatred that has, has manifested between these two clubs in the past two, three years. I think it's good, right? It's good for sports. I don't know how healthy it is for fan bases, but that was so satisfying. I'm still like, that was the highlight of this season bar none. It might even be the the sports highlight for me for the year. We'll see what happens for the rest of the season where for for the rest of the year, I should say. Easily not even close, man. (laughs) Like barring, barring Sam Bennett um, and the Panthers, making a comeback and going deep or barring the blue Jays fucking winning the world series. Like like this will be (laughs) the pinnacle for me for sports for the season. The Edmonton Oilers getting swept in six days. They go from cup contenders to swept zero, zero playoff wins. Well, and you know what you're talking about how the playoffs are a different beast. Like I was kind of surprised at how, uh, how thoroughly Paul Maurice outcoached Dave Tibbet in that series. That was one thing that stood out to me was that uh, David Tippett is not that great of a coach. And look, part of it is the shit show of a team that he has. Like that's the thing. That's the beauty about playoff hockey. We've always said this, you and I, the best team always wins the series. Yeah. Cause it's seven fucking games long. If it was five best of five, Sometimes, you know, you could squeak it out. In a best of seven series, the best team always, always advances. The team that deserves and, to win always advances. Yeah. And the beauty about playoffs, like you just saw in this Oilers Jets series, is that it truly exposes all – it exposes everything. Yeah. <laughs> the reg- That's the difference between the regular season and the beast of the playoffs. The playoffs exposes like, – it shows you the truth. Well, this and it should – Actually yeah. sucks. And the depth in a triple overtime game, like Darnell Nurse played like an hour of game last night. Like they were playing with four D men for in a triple OT game. Like well, that's a uh, yeah. that's a huge problem if you are that thin that you are rolling like three three lines and four D in, well, in a game like that. Like geez. and part of the problem is the the decision by the coach too, right? Like after watching Sutter for the past thirty games, yeah, one hundred percent. Like, you know, there's no way he's going to be relying on just 10 players to try and win you an overtime game. Like Dale, Dave Tippett was going for a short win there. Yeah. And the longer, the longer it went, you just knew that, fuck, look at these guys. Like there were some, I know (laughs) they were like, nobody could do it. Like there was like that one four minute shift by nurse Morrissey had a long ass shift and then McDavid turns it over. That was a brutal turnover in my opinion. 
Nobody's talking about it. The great, the great, I guess I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to call him that. He can do no wrong. We'll call him the great protege. How about that? The next one. The next one. Fucking turns it over. And I mean, probably due to mental fatigue. <laughs> like I, this is the one thing I always boggles my mind watching this Oilers team. The amount of ice time, the amount of workload that 97 and dry side will have to carry throughout each season. Then it's even almost double in the playoffs. And he's like, they're riding him so hard in overtime. Well, and then and like, what is it? Why is Tippett putting them on the same line when you're thinning out your bench like that? Like I get it when you need a goal, but like for an entire series into a triple overtime game, what are you doing? I don't think Ennis had one shift in the first two overtimes. And then they started playing him in the third. He was like, look like the best player on the ice. He was four yeah. Like dude. Okay. Dry side of last night played 44, 37. Connor played 45-36. Jeez. Like, guys like McLeod played nine minutes. Chason played nine minutes. Jujar Carr like, played 10 minutes. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Like, those are numbers for a fourth liner during a regular game. One Dar- full Dar- 60 minutes. Darnell Nurse played 62-07. Slater <laughs> Cuckoo played 9-58. That's Cuckoo. <laughs> so messed up. Like, what are you that, doing? How about that young star, Ethan Bear, hey? I thought he was he the a, next Chris Pronger, bro. Hey, fuck, he had a rough series, eh? Or was that this Bou- is, or is that Bouchard? I forgot. Well, probably that's what they say about other D-men, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's the next Chris Pronger. He's the next guy who hated Edmonton so much, he stayed here for one year and asked to get the fuck out. Go through, do you have any of the Smith numbers? Somebody posted earlier on Instagram comparing the numbers to the rest of the league. Cause that was the one thing I was hearing throughout the whole series. And after the fact, oh, can't blame that one on Smith. He was incredible. He total, was the only reason total why bullshit. fucking bullshit. Look at the underlyings. If you look at his goals saved above expectations, Connor Hellebuck in the playoffs, Connor Hellebuck, number one right now, seven and a half. Yep. Mike Smith is near the bottom at negative 1.2. I'm using money pucks expected goal model. So it might vary a little bit. But he's down there with like Bennington and Bobrovsky. Like he didn't play terrible, but he wasn't even close to Hellebuck's level at all. Dude, Mike Smith, he was just Mike Smith. Dude, I do not understand. Like this is what boggles my mind. He almost gave it away in overtime last night. Dude, so what? Close. Dude, why? That's what he, I was. Told. Me too. That's the only thing that yeah. would have just put the cherry on top of the cherry. Like, yeah, one hundred percent. But like, I do. It blow. It literally blows my fucking mind that this guy will risk everything in an elimination game where, like, if you give the puck away, which you almost did, and we've seen him do so many times, you give the puck away, like, you think he's getting a contract, or like, who is not going to hate you for the rest of your life? We Steve hate Smith. you for doing Steve, this. Steve Smith, prime example. Right? Like, who is not going to hate you forever? And you're going to risk all that to make some dumb fucking play behind the net. Just, just like, just to do it. Just out of spite. Just because your ego is so fucking big. I don't understand that. You want to talk about a guy, like, honestly, I think Mike Smith is the, is one of the, like you said, ego. He's one of the worst team guys I can remember. I remember, like, you remember when Selfish. he was in Calgary? So many times after the game where he fucked up and he played like shit. He never was like, yeah, I wasn't good. Today. He was like, oh, dude, my defense totally like, good. No, we, we suck tonight. Everyone in front of me is terrible. Like, dude's a dipshit. If you feel sorry for him, again, check yourself. 
but it's a total false narrative. All of his metrics were below average. Goal saved, above expected, which is pretty much, if you want to have an all-encompassing uh, statistic for, for goalies, because it pretty much shows you, based on the quality of the shots that they faced, how many goals were they expected to let in? Mike Smith is in the negatives. So, like, and again, like I said, if you watch that series and you're a Flames fan and you've seen him do this for two years with the Flames, he makes routine saves look like big saves. Yeah. Half the time it's he's doing it on purpose because that's big like he is. Yeah, he just flashes half, his dumb glove. He's all he's always at a position. It's ridiculous. And the other half, that's why he's at a position. He's flailing. It's a, it's a routine save. Yeah, he almost didn't make it, but he just barely makes it. Like, it's a good, it's an athletic save, but it's because he's out of position. Like, there, I don't know what it is. Not everybody's like this. And I know it's one of the oldest lessons, right, about turning the other cheek. But <laughs> when karma comes around and people get what's coming to them, like, I fuck, I just find it so fucking satisfying. Like I don't, I don't have any ill will against the Jets. Do you? Why? They're they, they don't act like that. Their fans don't act like that. I mean, the Toronto thing was one thing with the whole Muzzin for a bit. That died off pretty quick. For, I mean, we played at the top, top of the podcast for Mike Smith to publicly pull that stunt and try and stick it to the Flames. And the Flames fans, did you get, bud? Totally got what you deserved. And you did suck. Well below expectations in terms of league average. Right where we thought you were going to be. That was, that was, for me, the one redeeming, calming reminder, right? Dude, it's fucking Mike Smith. Who cares? Like... Every his numbers are inflated. Don't get right. Are they not throughout the regular season? Oh, they have I, to be. They're not that good. It's like every everyone's. Oh, he just should win the Vesda. He's Vesda. Should be at the Vesda conversation. Why is he in the Vesda conversation? He's one of the best. Like all the dumb Edmonton. Okay, Edmonton. Uh, me, Edmonton media is terrible. But I mean, like, come on. He was. He was fine this year, right? I would say he was way better than anybody expected this year. But like we've said a hundred times. You just you, knew it was a matter of time. It's a matter of time. It's and like walking like, a tightrope. And like we said, just leave it to the playoffs. The playoffs will expose what's real. Playoffs, you're always going to be left with what, what's real. You can't fake it through the playoffs. So you're telling me Brad Smith's probably going to sign Mike Smith in the offseason. That was you're telling me? Brad Smith or Brad Tree Living? Brad Tree Living is going to sign Mike Smith. Because I, <laughs> I sent it to you the other day. I was no way. I don't know why I was doing this to myself, but I was like Googling Mike Smith Flames, and there's a picture of the day he signed with the Flames. Yeah. Or the Flames traded for and him and Hamannick and Brad standing between them like he's so proud of himself. It's like the two worst acquisitions he's ever made. Yeah. What do we give up? Oh, dude, do we want to go down that road? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, we gave up a first and two seconds for Travis Hamannick. <laughs> And who who could we have drafted? Take your fucking pick. Noah Dobson is the player the Islanders selected with that pick. And, I mean, he's a pretty solid defender. Mike Smith. What, See, what it's weird. Got? They traded for Smith. I forgot about that. Remember Chad Johnson? They traded Chad Johnson 
And what else? Second. And Brandon Hickey and a conditional third. Third. Oh. Oh, Brad. Oh, Bradley. The other thing is just, man. Oh, Brad. Listen, if you're listening and you're on social media, you know what Edmonton Oilers fans are like. You're, con- I don't know. You went to a new level. Maybe Instagram was different. You're putting the Leafs in the cat, these fans in the category of worst in the league. I Edmonton definitely Oilers. think Leafs on Twitter. The thing, the thing with the Leafs fans is that it's like it's like state sponsored. Well, it's you just know? the sheer numbers. It's the volume. Yeah, it's the numbers, and it's like every professional writer. There's just so many people who are like. It's one thing if you're a fan and you're kind of a dick, like you know. But if you're like a professional media person complaining about things like remember the actual media, Toronto media, when the Chuck Muzzin thing happened, like actual paid members of the media, like Sportsnet, The Athletic, people who write and get paid to write about sports were like accusing Matthew Kachuk of being, uh, you know, like actual writers. That's where I think the Leafs have are on another level because they're like it's like government. It's like they're yeah, they're, they're the backed shit. by the state pretty much. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's fucked up. Anyways, like, I mean, the point is, is, you know, you've dealt with Oilers fans. Um, I'm just saying a one, one guy who, who literally, he was bugging me for probably four weeks straight is out of the blue. He'd be like sending me the mathematical impossibility of how the flames could make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty quiet now. Pretty quiet now. So Fuck. Just, I'm just reveling, dude. I am dude. literally reveling in it. Just, and you know what else I'm reveling in? You pointed this out. We don't have to listen to the Sportsnet fucking circle jerk every freaking evening now. But how good can we can we pull up some more Connor McDavid stats? Is that it? That's all we got. We need more. We got like six more whistles. What the, else are we going to talk about? The look on McLean and whoever else was oh, there. The best. The ex, the, there's a screenshot of it. Like I think it was the game three loss. The best, yeah, it was overtime right after. The best was Cassie's face. She looked heart fucking broken. They are just so upset. They're just like shit. Now what are we going to talk about for the next three months? Like oh, everybody's little fucking fanboy crush, Mister McJesus, Mister Perfect. No, it's Mr. Fucking Neckbeard, okay? It's Zitface McNeckbeard. You got that? Get it right. Swept. Duh. Get it right. Listen, I, and I and try I, not to, and try not to cry on national television. Try to hide your bias like a smidge. Just a smidge. Don't Be, look so devastated. If everybody Jets, <laughs> don't look so devastated that the Jets just pulled one of the most miraculous comebacks of all time, and Nikolai Ehlers. First game in the playoffs with some serious heroics. Cut to the panel. Devastation. Like, how do we not hear about how amazing some of those Jets guys were? Like, Connor Hellebuck, like you said, Ehlers. Like, I've not been a big Josh Morrissey guy, but the dude was a fucking monster in this series. Dude, Josh Morrissey, fuck. How many times did he stick check Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl in that series? It was mind-boggling. Every time McDavid looked like he was going to bear down and bury one, just out of the blue, Morrissey comes out and stick checks him. It was it was unbelievable. Morrissey and Hellebuck, you've already alluded to him. Those were the two best players by far. Shifley was good at times. 
Wheeler was pretty invisible. I thought Kyle Connor sucked until he scored the, the series. Holy shit. Goal. I was having a, I was pissed off at Connor last night. Cause we were texting during the game and it's like, he, he's like what everybody who hates Johnny Gaudreau thinks of Johnny Gaudreau, but for real, like he's really fast, but he gives the puck away all the time and does dick all. But then I guess he scores a lot. So hey, if you're going to score serious clinching goals, buddy, if you're going to do that, that's all good with me. But yeah, I didn't think he was very good either. And dude, so, I, I just one quick little aside. PLD is a, is he's obviously hurt or something. Dude is a dud. Either this is the exact same thing that we dealt with with Sean Monahan, or he's a literal, literal dud. I think he's actually probably pretty injured. That's why he, he's got to be hurt because he looked like did you notice, have you noticed him shit, once? Bro. Did you know, did he do one thing? I didn't notice one thing. Maybe one, maybe I remember vaguely one thing I remember. But the point is, circle tricks over. Is it like th- there were people on Twitter being like, yo, they like hockey in Canada, CBC, sport, like whatever you want to call it. You know that there's two teams, right? You know there's another Canadian team playing against McDavid, do you not? It was like the McDavid show. I mean, that's what we deal with all season long, anyways. That's yeah, welcome just- to the fucking party, everybody. See how awful and annoying it is? It's like Johnny Gaudreau could be on a 28 game streak where he scored 40 goals in every single game and setting the world on fire. And all we have to hear about is how Connor McDavid has a new zit on his chin and it's the best thing that's ever happened to the world. <laughs> he's trying to do a razor on his neck beard. He's, he's switched to Gillette, guys. Now, Kevin, Kevin, you used to use you used to use Gillette. Tell us what Connor's feeling on his neck beard right now. Is that glide right over his acting? Does that work? <laughs> God, it's just been the worst. That's the thing in Calgary, like because everybody's like, oh, he's the best player in the world. Yeah, I know, but we have to fucking deal with them all the time. It sucks. Here's the thing. We know you don't have to tell us every fucking 30 seconds. Fuck, I'm glad that's over. Honestly, that was one of the most satisfying things as well. So looking at that panel after that game three. <laughs> like they were in shock. They were de- like they were devastated. And that devastation, ooh, that was satisfying. <laughs> I don't know. I might have something wrong with me. I might be a bad person deep down. I don't know what it is. But fuck, when justice is served, fuck, does it feel good? Fuck, does that feel good? Oh, it does. I'm sure I'm now. not the only one. No, sure no. I'm not the only one. You're in the majority. I was pretty impressed with the call. By Harner Ryan, though, like he he was not biased, or maybe he just sw- swung, or maybe the the, the Jets just gave him more to sing about. Buddy is the best. I love how he ratcheted it up. I remember from in the season, yeah, Johnny, fucking love that shit. So who was the Paul Stastny? You got the Paul Stastny, which was probably the most mellifluous. Yeah, and then it just just kind of incrementally increased in intensity like the Ehlers one was so good dude that set face-off play oh my lord Nikola Ehlers fuck man listen you know like that video or that audio clip that we opened up with it's a video that I made and tip like I've probably watched that thing like 90 times, dude. Every time I watch it, I can't just help but grin ear to ear. Looking at the Jets celebrating 
looking at the Oilers losing. Fuck. I it almost like I almost was like I was cheering as hard for the Jets as I would a Flames game, probably even more so. Yeah. Well, maybe not more so, but if yeah. No more so. <laughs> Dude. No more so. Listen, when the when the Flames win, it's one thing. You know, like I'm happy, but it's more relief than anything. I'm just like, oh thank God. Like when the Oilers lose like that, it's just pure joy. Pure joy. Oh man, it's it's amazing. And it just what makes it even more satisfying is just they literally thought that they were good. They thought it was going to be easy, man. From the captain down to the goaltender, down to the organization, down to the fan base. Mike Smith straight up thought he was a baller this year. He was like, oh yeah, yeah. And he, you know, you know what the worst thing is? He probably still does. No, that's a great thing. Literally, I hope the I hope the organization thinks he's a baller. I hope they resign him. They probably won't. Probably not that stupid. Why wouldn't oh, they? Although Gretzky's gone. Gretzky's gone to not be like, guys, you probably shouldn't do that. Like, I mean, if you look at their cap situation, I, I mean, it's not great, dude. They've got Nugent RNH is up at the end of this year. Um, so he he's dude. Do you think he's gonna want to resign there? Why would he want to resign there? Dude was like barely playing. Is he up? Did you say at the end of this season? He's done now. Like he could. He's a, he's a free agent in the summer. Are you unrestricted. Yeah, he's he's hitting UFA. Oh, and like, dude, I, he's, I, dude, he's so gone, man. He's gone for sure. I didn't think he was particularly good in this series. And I mean, I think he's a serviceable player. I think he would be a nice little addition to the Flames top six, at the right price. But um, oh, absolutely. They have him coming off the books. They've got Chase on Chase on off the books. Ennis is a UFA, and uh, what's his name? Larson is a UFA, and Tyson Berry is a UFA, and Kulikov, who's their best defenseman, is or other than Nurse, is a UFA. But I mean, they still got some bad money on the books. They got Neil for five seven five for two more years. Well, six really, because they're paying the extra whatever for Lucic. They probably buy him out though, eh? Yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah, but that's still you know. Cassian they got for 3-2. Oh, they love him still. They got Foskin in still for next year at 4-5. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I love, like, how it's, I love how it's like there was no option, right, to, to not go to anybody but Smith. Like, isn't that like, hilarious? The fact that the Flames overpaid for Jacob Markstrom just so the Oilers couldn't get him almost makes it worth it. Oh, 100%. It Actually, does. it kind of does make it worth it. I'd be happy with eight if we paid eight mil. So like, I don't know where they go from here. Like, like they obviously have dipshit McGee and other dipshit McGee forever, but I don't know, man. Well, how much money is coming off the books in total ballpark? Well, it depends. They got to, they got to re-sign somebody. It's quite a lot. Like it's probably in the neighborhood of like 13, 14 mil. Cause uh, Nugent Hopkins makes six. Jason makes two. That's eight. NS makes one. That's nine. Um, Adam Larson makes 4.1, but I mean, are they going to resign him? So they've got about 15, 16 million coming off the books in total. So, but like what can they you really still, do? You still have to sign a team, right? Like Barry, what can they, Barry what can and they Larson, really you're not going to, your defense, you're not going to sign anybody on the back end. Like, what can well, you really dude, do? Dude, they're going to resign Barry. They loved him. 
I don't know, man. Like he's probably looking to cash in. I hope they do. I hope they lock him up for really long. Me too. Lock him up. Lock him up. Seven by seven. Seven by eight. Go crazy. Talk about inflated numbers. Playing with Connor McDavid on the best player play in the world will do pretty, it. Pretty pretty sure he had the most secondary assists of like <laughs> the most percentage of his points were secondary assists this year of like any player in the league. That's not totally accurate, but it's pretty close. But yeah, I don't know where they even go from here, man. Go tip I, it. What, what are they gonna do? They're gonna, they're they're gonna, gonna fire, fire him in two. I don't know. I would I just, if I were them, but I just love how I mean all they can really go do is go back to the do what they do every time. Yep. They got to leave with their tail between the legs and try it again next season. <laughs> That's all they can do. Well, dude, and I love that. I love it's so funny to me how like the media treats guys like McDavid. Like he was reaming out Pulyarvi last night. It was a dick move, I thought. Um, although when Glenn, when Glenn Goldson, when Glenn Goldson pulls out the iPad, I'd lose it too. Like, fuck, that's got to be annoying. You're the best player in the world, and Gully's pulling out the old iPad. Here, let me show you what you should have done there, Connor. Connor, I'll show you what you should have done. And Here's it's what you should have done, bud. Next time, okay, drive the net and do a little drop pass, okay? Gullitson has now been swept two straight playoffs in both. Because he last time he was in the playoffs was as the head coach of the Flames. Mike Smith has lost eight straight playoff games. Ah. <laughs> Yes! Oh my god. And Connor McDavid has won a grand total of one playoff series in his career. Similarly to Johnny Gaudreau, but apparently there's not an equivalency here. Apparently, the entire goddamn world, including Flames fans, want to rush to the fence of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Why should they have to carry the team on their back? Have you ever seen a free free Gaudreau hashtag going around? I'm pretty sure I, I I'm pretty I, sure I, I have I have made that hashtag and I might be the only one. For the opposite reason. So it is literally not 30 minutes post game. I'm watching highlights and I'm watching the ticker and I'm watching the post analysis. And here's the storyline. Oilers need to seek depth to support McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's funny. They're the who's better, McDavid and Drysaddle or Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan? Hmm. Is it even remotely close? It's not even in the same planet, bro. Yet when the Flames don't succeed in the playoffs, it's, it's the the fault falls squarely on the shoulders of five foot eight John, or five foot nine, whatever it is, Johnny Gaudreau. And double sports hernia broken wrist Sean Monahan every single fucking time. You just can't win in the playoffs with these two guys. You just can't do it. They never they're, get it done in the playoffs. They're fucking bums. Lazy. Don't hate to lose. It's funny. Like literally, it's the exact same parallel, completely reversed in terms of storyline or, or narrative. The narrative is completely reversed, but the exact same parallel. Do you remember in this series where the Flames were swept by the Ducks, how goddamn good Sean Monaghan was? Yeah, it looked like Joe Dick. Yep, yep, sure do. He was unbelievable. Pretty sure he had a goal in every single game. Um, I didn't. I don't recall anybody being like Sean Monaghan needs support. Where she wasn't shot like 
he had, yeah, that season he had four goals in four games, five points in, in four games in that sweep. I, I guess I missed the part where everybody was not completely craving on him for being not a guy you can win with. Missed that part. And again, like, is Leon Dreisaitl better than Sean Monaghan? Yeah. So why the fuck should Sean Monaghan be expected to carry a team on his back through the playoffs? Is Connor McDavid better than Johnny Gaudreau? He is. Probably twice as good. Probably. But yeah, Johnny Gaudreau is supposed to be able to do just as much, not if not more, than he is. So where's the free Gaudreau uh, narrative? Where's the people uh, criticizing the GM for not addressing this team's needs and bringing in depth that they need? Where Where's that? I'm, I'm failing to miss that. Where's that? Well, he's been trying. He brought in Lindholm. Oh, yeah, he brought in Lindholm, who scored one, who has, what, three playoff goals and was one of the worst skaters on the team in the, in the, in the Dallas series. Oh, okay. It just blows, not, it just, not, not, not to confuse, you know, we're not harping on Lindholm. That's not the point here. But the point is the general manager hasn't made the team better. It's just funny that you see this, this like just outpour of support for McDavid and Drysaddle and, and it's true. Like, of course it's true, but it's what we've been saying for years about Gaudreau Monaghan. Exactly. <laughs> and nobody does anything. Well, I mean, not nobody, but everybody in the media just will continue to crush these guys for being dog shit in the playoffs rather than look at the real problem. Like what's, who's the uh, Eric Francis is it Spectre? He's the Eric Francis equivalent up there in Edmonton. Yeah, I would say he has a few, like, there's a few guys up in Edmonton. I think, like, Jason Greger is kind of sensationalist. So are they sitting there right now burning the midnight oil, writing 18 different articles to run with the whole whole next season about how McDavid wants out and they should trade him and he's no good and he's pretty, pretty much useless otherwise? Would that be a fair assessment? Um, they need to trade him because you can't win in the playoffs with Connor McDavid. He just doesn't get the job done in the playoffs. Just you doesn't get it done. You can't win with these this core. You when, can't win with these guys. When it gets tough, he disappears. When it gets tough, he disappears. Okay? Too, they're too big of pussies. They just don't hate to lose enough. They don't go into the corners in the playoffs. Okay? Okay? They just don't do it. If your team's not good enough, your team's not good enough. It just blows my mind that I see this outpouring of sport for these two guys. And yet, and if, if, if the Flames had been swept, like when the Flames were swept, <laughs> and when they were reverse swept by the Avalanche, there was no criticizing of the depth of the team. There was no, oh man, this team is really not built particularly well. All you hear is about how shitty Johnny Gaudreau is and what a puss boy Sean Monahan is, and I'm so sick of it. Okay. <laughs> Let's get back to the Oilers stinking. Um, put this in, because you talked about this. Um, here's one guy reaming out Conor McDavid and Leon said I think mostly for entertainment value, but fuck, this is pretty funny. Have a listen. Today... I'm talking about hockey. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that hockey. Yes, I am. And here's what you need to know. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and the Edmonton Oilers. Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, they got swept out of the first round of the playoffs last night. Now, why is that important? 
look, we all know I'm not a hockey expert, okay? The only thing I know about hockey is that the puck is black. But even I have heard that Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, I've heard both I've heard of both of those guys. Connor McDavid, the phenom, the future of the sport, the NHL's leading scorer, Draisaitl, second in scoring to McDavid this year, the NHL's leading scorer last year. Swept in the first round? As the higher seed after not even getting out of the qualifying round last year? Now, how you going to do hockey like that? How you going to do that? You're lucky. You're not basketball players. I'll tell you that. I'd be on you much harder than I am right now. Connor McDavid, you've only won one damn playoff series in your six-year career. You got to do more than, than that with your abilities, man. Come on, man. All right. Honestly, obviously, it's for enter- entertainment piece, but but fuck, that's pretty funny, man. Is that not awesome, dude? That's like the most mainstream the NHL has got. The fact that the most mainstream the NHL is is got in the states is Stephen A. Smith <laughs> calling Connor McDavid a loser is amazing. <laughs> like, am I living in a dream world? This is unbelievable. Like as shitty as COVID's been, man, this year is turning out to be pretty good right now, right? Like, this sounds like a dream I had. It was like Stephen A. Smith was on TV bashing Connor McDavid right? and the Oilers. It's like, holy shit, that's amazing. That's just like legit. That's a complete fabricated dream right there. That's like a crossover of my dreams. That's like literally like the MCU shit. That's like Infinity War. Like, that's better. That's a better crossover than Infinity War to me. Like, wow, that's amazing. I bust, I burst out laughing when I heard that today. So was Rasmus Anderson correct? There are a bunch of pretenders, pretenders up there. Rasmus Anderson in January of was January of 2020. Well, it was yeah the first season I think after Neil. I guess it was the first season after Neil, a full first full season. Flames Flames beat the Oilers. Rasmus Anderson from Pat uh, from Steinberg's Twitter. You got a lot of pretenders out there. It's really nice to beat them. <laughs> There are a bunch of pretenders. I guess he was right. Buddy is right. And he says this about dry saddle. Obviously, this is Rasmus again. Obviously, McDavid has a lot of speed. He can come flying down the middle as you saw his goal there. But talking about dry saddle, honestly, I didn't really see dry saddle a lot. Ras, you have been Ras daddy. Yeah, too bad he sucked this year. But Yeah, too bad. Yeah. He, kind of he, he needs to bounce back. Big time. He'll, he'll bounce back. He'll have a good off season. He'll do. He'll he'll go milk some cows at Daryl Sutter's farm, and he'll be fun. So there you have it. The Edmonton Oilers are. We are clarifying, confirming, a bunch of pretenders, and um, from the players to the organization. That's why obviously the great ones out. He's like fuck this. These guys are a bunch of pretenders. I will not be associated with such a terrible, no good, low down disgusting organization buddy like i just dream of the day when connor demands a trade like i just i just dream of it well if things keep going the way there man it's gonna happen at some point no like have we seen peak dry saddle he wasn't as good this regular he's good but remember that season where he was like the the mvp candidate because connor mcdavid went down everyone's like oh fuck now they're fucked and dry side was just putting up McDavid numbers. He, like he wasn't, he wasn't that good this regular season. He wasn't near that this last playoff season series. We see them get swept. 
Yeah, I don't really know about Drysdale. I think he's more like a Patrick Kane guy. He's going to score a lot of goals, but um, he's not. He's not like Connor, right? Yeah, and then maybe the biggest bunch of pretenders, the Edmonton fans. Buddy, Dude, I, I had to deal with five straight weeks of Edmonton fans. That's why I have such a hatred built up. Um, and then they're out. They're out in six days. Like literally, they were planning the parade. Maybe not all of them to the extreme, but no. Is there is there none, one? None of, none of the fans saw this coming. Zero. Okay, so Patrick Sharp is on. He's on the NBC broadcast, and <laughs> he's like, um, I like I like when they uh, they need to get more players like Versteeg, Sharp, BXM, more guys like that. And Sharp is talking about their game three collapse, and he's like, "That's a team that knows how to lose." Oh, dude, that's savage. Really? Okay, I'm about ready to move on from uh, the Coilers. How about you? Yeah, I'm I'm ready to... I, I mean, I'm not going to move on from it in my life. Like, I'm going to savor this for the next four weeks and just, like, hold it near and dear to my heart. And Oh, yeah, no, I'm not moving on. But in terms of any more daggers you want to throw before we move on? In the pocket, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Patrick Sharp called, it's saying they're a team that knows how to lose. I think that's a great place to move on from. Okay, let's get to some flames, and then we'll we'll just recap the rest of the series real quick. Um, the only two kind of notable things on the flames front since garbage bag day has been Frank Saravelli reporting. I think it was about two or three days ago now that um, there will be some there's flames management changes um, in the new near future underway, but we haven't heard anything else since then. Yeah, and uh, this sounds like it's pretty just speculative on Frank's part. He was just on like a podcast and he like emphasis on the word Frank Sarelli thinks change is coming in Calgary. So he was on somebody's podcast and here's his exact quote. I do think there's a management change coming. And I say that with all due respect to Bradshaw Living, there's been a long run there. He's had this team for a while. They've had the same core, blah, 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 blah. He just thinks there might be a change coming. So interesting because I mean, you know, Cerevelli's a respectable guy. Apparently, he's only 33. Looks like he's about 50, but he, he's a respectable reporter, so I don't know. Well, with each passing day, it seems less likely. Yeah, like, you feel like it would have been done by now, but this is an organization that likes to take sweet goddamn time. I mean, they conducted a 400-million-year search for the next great head coach, Glenn Gullitson, so... I'm sure they'll take their time. I can't. I can't say I've seen anything else to support. There's literally been nothing. Yeah, Frank's thoughts. Um, in fact, maybe the opposite because there has been. There's been been other interviews with Tree Living since, and I don't know. Like I said, it's you. You would think it would have been done by now. Yeah, I, I don't think it's. Don't think it's going to happen. Might happen. Don't think it will. I think BP Junior is. Ready to give her another run here. She's ready to put some extra cheese. Get some milk and soup. So, and then Francis was back on uh, Brian Pinder's show this morning. And uh, Pinder was, again, holding him accountable. Attaboy, and, Ryan. Attaboy, and, Ryan. And Francis, of course, was uh, backing, uh, I guess, I guess, into a corner before 
trying to triple down again. But he backs up and then doubles down. The best is when he's kind of speechless to a question that Pinder will throw at him. No, 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 no. Oh, oh. It doesn't even matter. It's like a, like a legit, legit question. It's just like... Well, Ryan asked him, what would he, Johnny Gaudreau get on the open market? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Who cares? No, and this is right after he says he's going to have to take a, a serious reduction if he's staying in Calgary. Yeah, he's going to have to take a haircut. Francis literally thinks Johnny Gaudreau is getting a pay cut. What are you talking about, dude? Like, are you ever smell your own bullshit? Like, what? So, Pinder Strip asked him, well, what's he worth then on the, and if, he, if he goes to UFA? I mean, how much, how much, like, well, what are we talking here? It doesn't matter. I mean, bullshit coming out the ears. If you if you can't, if you have no response, if your first response is you're choking your words, and then all you can say is it doesn't matter. Do you really have a good beat on on the scenario? I dude, like I just don't understand why he wants to die on this hill so badly like what like i don't well, understand th- like it makes no sense to me other than he literally like why did he get into this and why does he like i don't understand why he wants to die in this hill it makes no sense to me well at this point you have to do you at, though like he could at have this point at this point he has to because he's made such an ass out of himself for so long it's just incredible to see him continue to say johnny Gaudreau does not want to sign in calgary like it's just it's absolutely mind blowing, and and Pinder made a good point today, because Francis is kind of subtly, very subtly. Oh yeah, he's trying to start changing changing wording around. Yeah, and instead of one hundred percent guaranteed, he's not resigning. Well, I mean, it probably won't happen. I mean, it yeah. won't happen. Like I I I never said that. Uh, I never said that he would just leave. Like I could see the t- like, and Pinder's like, no, you're moving the goalposts, bud. <laughs> Well, no, I'm not. I still think he was. Oh, no, I'm, I'm no, no, no. I'm not moving him. He's never coming back here. He hates Calgary. I'm not moving the goalposts at all. But goes on to move the goalposts for like five minutes. It's getting right, ridiculous. Here. I don't. I don't understand why he's so obsessive. Like, I re- it's weird. Here it is. We're throwing it in. Have a listen. His actions are going to say more than that soundbite uh, that he gave the other day, saying he wants us to come back. I mean, he he's going to have to take a significant uh, haircut. From what? Here. From unrestricted free agency. Uh, you, okay. You well, what is he worth on the free agent market? If you know well, what he has to, I mean, what do you think he's worth? I, it doesn't matter what the numbers are right now because that's a mugs game trying to figure that out. But you can't, you can't deny that if he signs here, he's taking a haircut. I don't know. What do you think Johnny Gaudreau thinks he's worth? I don't know. I feel here. like th- those are the conversations that uh, the general manager and the agent would be broaching, which was confirmed by Elliot. I-, I feel like it's a little weird that if Johnny doesn't want to resign here, that his agent would be talking with the GM um, or that they're, they're expected to when the window opens for an extension. And I feel like you're moving the goalposts a bit from Johnny will never resign here to, well, I'm not sure the two sides will come together for a deal. It feels like the targets moved a little, Eric. I got to be honest. No, no, it's the same end result. He's not going to be here long term. That's that's my prediction. You know, I've always said that I'm not moving the goalposts at all. So obviously, this is all happening again because as Pinder 
described, uh, the, one of the biggest takeaways for him was Johnny Gaudreau straight out making it publicly known, making an effort to publicly state he wants to be here. And then Elliot, I mean, he's probably the most reliable source, is confirming that, yeah, spoke with his agent. There's definitely extension conversations. Not to say it will or won't happen, but it's true. It's not a lie. So that's why Pinder's just like, well, <laughs> if all this is actually true, then what do you have to say about it, about it Francis? Because you've you've been the guy pushing this narrative. It's. <laughs> I mean, like how Johnny Gross has two seasons in a row. He wants to stay here. You got Elliot confirming with Johnny's agent that, yeah, he wants to stay in Calgary. They want to talk the extension. And he still won't give this up. Like, why? What does he have to benefit other than just, like, maybe the off chance that Johnny Gaudreau doesn't sign here and he's right? That's it. He's he's going to die on the hill for that. And he, he obviously doesn't like him. Dude, it, it's unbelievable because he had another quote in there. He's like, Johnny Gaudreau far and away or not even close, nowhere near this team's best forward. He's definitely a lightning rod for controversy. I mean, I think I represent a lot of people who think he's got to go because he's not part of the solution. Uh, I also, I totally understand that he's the most exciting player the Calgary Flames have. He's not their best forward. Uh, not even close. Yo, what? Who's better than Johnny Gaudreau on our team? Who, who is better than Johnny Gaudreau in the forward ranks, especially who? this year? This year, who who is better than Johnny Gaudreau? Like, get out of here, you! Oh, what a loser! Speaking of hatred, speaking of can't wait for Justice Day to come. I mean, he's got a sign just for that reason alone. No, dude, he's got a sign out of spite. Like, he's got to pull a George Sanza and literally sign out of spite. If I'm Johnny, so- Gaudreau, if I'm Johnny Gaudreau, I'm signing out of spite. Plain and simple. Maybe Johnny is a better man than me and a bigger man than me, but I would 100% give up. I would take a hometown discount and stay in Calgary just purely out of spite. Watch him sign, you know, what, three-year extension, but really they make it eight. And on the, on the final five, it's like a $1 per year contract. Then he's intention, he's like, no, I'll retire. But we'll call, we'll call it the Francis Clause. We'll just put in a new clause. You'll see it on Cap Friendly. It's like FC. It's like Francis Clause. Oh, geez. Like, I mean, dude, I really do think Johnny Gaudreau is going to sign here. It's, like, dude, I, I have a feeling he will. Like, I, you don't just say stuff like that repeatedly. Repeatedly. <laughs> if you want to leave. <laughs> it's not something you say. And you know that they know. Johnny Gaudreau and his family know or they're well aware of Eric Francis. When we, whenever we've posted stuff on Twitter and it's gone, it's gone big. Uh, like that one, that one, uh, the first time Pinder calls out Francis on the airwaves earlier this season. I think that was that tweet had the biggest reach of any tweet we've ever tweeted. And the Gaudreau's family was part of. They were in there. They know. They liked it. I think uh, we got a few comments, retweets. The Gaudreau family is well aware of the Francis narrative. They don't like it. Well, who would like it? Because like here, here's where it's it pisses me off, and I'm sure it pisses the Gaudreaux off too. Is like, okay, 
when Johnny was the the Flames drafted Goudreau, and there were the initial fear. He's a he's a he's a U.S. guy. He's playing in the NCAA. They can use that loophole. You go back for your fourth year of college, and you don't you can become a UFA, right? Like tons of guys have done this. Johnny Goudreau didn't do that. By the way, he finished his he officially finished his uh, BC degree, college degree, the other day. So congratulations as well. But communications, right? I believe so. At a point, Johnny. At a point. Um, so he he signed, and everyone was like, "Oh, phew!" Because that was the thing, right? He's not going to sign. He's not going to sign. He's going to bowl. He's going to be a UFA. Go sign somewhere he wants to be: Boston, New York, New Jersey. Blah blah blah. He signs. Then the next time, he, oh, he's not going to sign an extension. No way is he going to sign an extension. Signs a six-year extension. And then, like, I just I don't understand this like fake doomsday clock. It's like Johnny Gaudreau has been very. Uh, uh, a star player for the flames. He seems to like the team and the organization and the city. He seems to want to stay. I just don't understand why anyone is obsessed with just like, yeah, get rid of him. I've never understood it. He's not even close to your best player. Uh, not yeah. even close. Okay. Yeah. He's top 10 in league scoring in the past seven years. Okay. <laughs> Johnny Gaudreau has been, and still is your best player since Jerome McGinley. I think Chuck is, is pushing to take over that, that crown, but Johnny Gaudreau is still our best player. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's it was this season. It was this season by a, a, a pretty wide margin. So, except for yeah. Tanner was right there, but for different reasons. Yeah, but for, I think Francis went out of his way to say forward today. <laughs> what a tool! We've spent plenty of time on Eric Francis in this show, and I guess we will. Yeah, I just can't wait till we can have, like I said, our <laughs> our revenge. I can't wait. I can't wait till we get our Justice Day, and we can spend however long we spent today on Justice Day with the Oilers. Well, and the one last thing on Goudreau, like Paul I Francis podcast. <laughs> one last thing on Goudreau is like because I know people are like, oh, like I am nervous about that off season with him and Kachuk and Manjipani all being up at the same time. Geo's coming off the books, so that helps that year. His skill set is such that I do not think it's going to depreciate over time. Like you look at guys who are smaller and skilled and play a game like that. Like he's not going to drop off the map like a guy like James Neal or like a, a, a goal scorer like Sean Monahan. Like he's going to be good for a while. So like I, I wouldn't fret too much about like oh we shouldn't sign him for too long too much. Like he's gonna he's gonna be worth what they sign him to probably for three or four or five years down the road. Lock him up. Yeah, just do it. I mean, you can but, always trade him, and he knows that, and whatever, right? Like, it's not yeah. a big deal. Fuck. Exactly, it's not. It's it's not nearly as big a deal as everyone makes it out to be, right? Oh, but Francis says you have to do it. If like, you're gonna un- do it, you got to do it before there's no trade kicks in. Otherwise, you're screwed for life. <laughs> like every everybody may, unless you're doing like a Jeff Skinner or like a Zach Parise deal, these deals usually work out. It's funny how, for how bad Francis alludes to how bad, or yeah, for how much Francis alludes to how bad Johnny Gaudreau is as a hockey player, he's sure hell bent on cashing in big time for trading him, eh? <laughs> Obviously, the, the Jets advance. Toronto looks like they got it under wraps 3 1 now. They won three straight, 4 0 today. They're, they, they got this. Like, they, the Canadians aren't winning the series. Um, Toronto, Winnipeg. What do you expect? Is Winnipeg watch them get swept now? How great would that be? 
Yeah, I feel like Winnipeg has used up all their juju. Like, there's there's no way they can. Uh, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see, to see them get swept. If the, if the Oilers had the finishing talent that the Leafs have. That's the difference, yeah. You're they're fucked. Well, they do in two players only, though. Yeah, but if you're like Matthews is a better shooter than both Drysidle and McDavid, you got Matthews, Marner, like Tavares is out, obviously. But I mean, I think the Jets are toast. Like Hellebuck can only do so much. Like he's not going to win you two series against the two like best offensive teams in the division. So I don't, I don't see them standing much of a chance. I gotta say though, like going from these American games. Where there's oh where God, there's dude. where there's fans and energy to flipping over to the Canadian games where it's like dead is so is ugh. like I sh- I don't want to be hearing the 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 sound of passing on my TV in a playoff game, please. Dude, I can't believe I thought the crowd noise was gonna be cool. <laughs> Sucks, eh? So bad. I hate it now. I would rather just pisses me off to be honest. You know what I would rather have? Just Mike, not even play-by-play, just just put mics on the glass. Let's just yeah. hear what the players are saying the whole game. Totally. Yeah, the crowd is dumb. I'm over it. Yeah. Didn't you say that they're going to have uh, fans in, was it Montreal? I don't know. They said they were going to maybe have like 2,500 in Montreal, but I guess that never happened. But I thought you said game five Game four, I thought. Hmm. That was a couple. That was last week, but it sounds like that ain't. Shut. Guess that got shut down, eh? Yeah, see if you're on Sportsnet, they have it. Canadians approved to host 2,500 fans for games starting May 28th. So I guess if they're not eliminated. Oh, yeah, May 28th. Yeah, so I think you did say game six. Yeah. They're going to be eliminated. Yeah, there's, I don't see them coming back. Well, I hope that they can force the game six just so I can see some fans. Yeah, geez, it's a sad sight, man. Do you think there's any chance that Winnipeg... Honestly, I mean, it's the, it's the Leafs, so there's always a chance, right? It's true. And Connor Hellebuck just won them a series. He could do it again. I, I don't see it happening, but dude, you get to the playoffs and it's, it's anything can happen. Colorado Avalanche. That sure didn't happen. I called for uh, a St. Louis upsets, uh, but boy. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Nope. That was like calling for the Oilers to win a series. Eh? I hate Bennington, man. I'm glad they're out. Yeah, I think it was Nate. Uh, this is now seen Thompson, but he was just saying the two cockiest goaltenders in the league both got swept. Love it. Don't be cocky. Don't be a dick. <clears throat> Karma. That's why, they, that's why they teach you that in minor hockey, man. Listen, Mike and Jordan. Listen. Hey, holy shit. That's weird. You're Jordan Bennington. I'm Mike Smith. Do, 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 do. Okay, that's all I got. Any any closing uh, thoughts here? No more Oilers. No more Oilers. I hope for um, the continued satisfaction of seeing the Oilers fall flat on their face that the Toronto Maple Leafs sweep the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs>